welcome to the beautiful toilet. I'm here with my good friend Scott and uh, Manuel. I guess by way of introduction, uh, Scott is a working class man, uh, blue collar critical theorist, has cool tattoos, an all around uh, mensch. And uh, Manuel, I just met him so this week. I'm a reluctant socialite. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're the editor of uh, Expat Press. Yeah, yeah. Editor Which and is... uh, brain behind it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Arturo is the brain. I don't know. You guys mm-hmm. told me tonight. We'll find out. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll fucking I'll interrogate this guy. Say, hey, what do you know? What's the, what's the idea behind Expat? Yeah, how would you describe Expat Press in your uh, in terms of your vision for? Um, I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's 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 hard to to, to like really peg so easily. Like I, I think by design. Uh, like, I mean, we attract all kinds of, like, talent, you know, uh, racist talent, anti-racist <laughs> talent, uh, <laughs> I mean, the two uh, genders, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's just great, I mean, I'm so, like, you know, grateful to be able to host this year, and, uh, finally, like, you know, take a take a stride toward a kind of material community however diffuse it is because i i have no idea who's like everybody that's coming tonight but um you know if it works out it's gonna be like a lot Uh, yeah you're referring to an event which is happening tonight but anyone listening to this will uh be too late sorry you're not invited (laughs) because it's in the past now if you're hearing this so (laughs) (laughs) fucking losers (laughs) yeah but, um, what's it called? Uh, I meant to, um, oh no, I completely forgot what I was going to fucking say. What, uh, like, you <laughs> were interested in, like, prying, like, into, like, the ethos of expat a little bit more. Sure, yeah, talk yeah. On that. Yeah, grill me, by all means. Uh, like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's just something that I never thought I'd be here, like, uh, in, in any kind of position to, like, host, um, uh, some, like, pretty known quantities, uh, you know, from like the last like fifteen or so years of literature, it's it's kind of like a, 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 a this cross section of like uh, old vanguards and like new fresh talent, and also just like uh, you know culture things that are a bit more culturally like distant things that are culturally distant from each other coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what was the question? What's the ethos? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess I like, you know, I'm like known for, uh, like adventurous, weird stuff, you know? Uh, but it's also like kind of like, uh, like, like a tabula rasa. Like we, we don't have like a mission statement really. Uh, we just recently added some mission. We're kind of like anti everything. We don't use Amazon. We do everything ourselves. Um, and yeah, I think we're putting up a pretty good fight against, uh, the, the hegemony of, you know, the big five monolith or something. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. It's about fighting. It's about challenging. It's about liberal publishing yes. incorporated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're, we're really like the only one that, that stands a chance and, and we don't really stand a chance. But, <laughs> but if we endure long enough, you know, at least there's an alternative, you know. And yeah, I just never thought that like when I started it, it was just like a, a, a zine and like a small website it didn't really like start to gain traction until like eight years in, but that's 
that's the nature of like good literature sometimes I think is, is uh, like to aspire to longevity or something more so than be like a flash in the pan. Like some things that some, some things that are very new and inchoate, you can't really tell if that's, if it's going to well, be that. You've been doing it for a while now. I yeah. Mean, like a long time. Bible's book was the first book that you put out. Or was it no, it was, it was like, they're all in order on the site, the ones that aren't sold out, okay. um, and that I'm just not printing anymore. But this no. was early, though, because I remember that's one of the things early. that I went back, because I was like, oh, I'm going to get an expat book. Like, that's the first, like, interaction I had with you guys, and I was like, I'm going to get a book, and I went all the way back, because I'm like, i got to see where all this shit started. And I think I knew Bibles, Bibles and, like, obviously the name is provocative, so I was like, oh, let me see what this is about. And uh, Yeah, the better face of fascism is, like, Bronze Age expat, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, uh, we've had a really good Silver Age, and I, I think I think we're in the Golden Age now. And then after so. this, it's decline. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so I mean, we might as well have a good that. one tonight. Yeah. Because, I'm already uh, optimist. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, uh, I feel like you guys are equipped to speak on something that, I wanted, uh, that I'm interested in. Part of, like, the be- beautiful toilet uh, project is uh, aesthetic renewal and rejuvenation and I just want to kind of uh, uh, diagnose like the state of literature today and uh, where you think the uh, the pieces stand as it is and what are the uh, challenges and uh, kind of um, absences what are the voids that you see in the literary scene and uh, what's the corrective to that uh, it's, it's a big topic, uh, and I don't know, I could very easily, like, run my mouth here, but I don't know, I feel like the state of play, it's, like, pretty much, so anything from, like, 2008 or so to, like, 2015, it doesn't matter what style it was written in, it tends to be regarded as either, like, alt-lit or, or something else, something like outsider or, like, theory and stuff like that. Well, there's a very then, specific type of, like, alt-lit that is now dead, and there's some people that are still mm-hmm. doing it. I'm not going to name names. I'm not going to name any fucking names. No, but, I mean, it's not about, like, the, well, the, the name, you know, is obviously, like, that's over, but there's, like, the Taolin style that is, like, definitive for me to be, like, alt-lit. That shit's over. I mean, even he has yeah. gone beyond that. He has moved to, like, a new... Thing, which, like, I'm hyped for his book that's coming out uh, in, like, two or three weeks or something like that. But, like, I think there is an, a bookend at, like, alt-lit, and now there's something else. I don't know the timeline or anything like that, but, like, everything I've gotten from it seems to be over. That's mm-hmm. my kind of... Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, there's definitely... There's a few new, like, emerging strains, and... Because art is, like, sort of decentralized now. Like, I mean, we are, like, kind of responding to each other. Like, you know, with, like, the intellectuals having, like, a, a party tonight as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, like, um, like I think, um, I don't know. It's been kind of like a spiritual journey, honestly. Like, I, every book that I publish has just kind of, like, fallen into my lap. And the timing's just been really uncanny and perfect. Mm. And it, it, like, people had an appetite for it, and I had a good eye for it to yeah. be able to determine that. And, like, and you know, some people are easier to work with than others, but artists in general, it's not exactly, like, um, you know, it's a it's a complete, like, freak show, basically. Yeah. You have to... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, managing the personalities and stuff, but I found a lot of... Uh, I'm really blessed to have a, a lot of uh, really good people around me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, who are just, like, really 
loyal to whatever expat represents like mm-hmm. you know and i guess it like it, it, it outgrew me and i realized that it, it represents something just far bigger than anything i ever came up with you mm-hmm. know just like an alternative i guess like, yeah we uh i guess you know we've i've been accused of like leading with free speech or whatnot but like it just how dare you i mean it's like how, how do you, you how do you uh approach culture without wading into into like uh, all kinds of like you know waters you know like you can't uh i don't know you can't you can't limit yourself you have to be open to everything that's coming and like uh and i mean if you can't do it in art where can you do it like that's like what what is art for if not to uh express like these like ridiculous sentiments or urges like even like the i mean i was excited to talk to mika uh about kind of this because what i like about her writing is that it is like extremely like aggressive and violent and it's like that's something that people i mean that's that's another kind of turning point with alt lit to what's happening now where alt lit had this kind of like nihilist like annoying kind of introspective thing like i liked a lot of it but like it's there's an energy now that happened maybe it's like a fucking trump thing i don't know like that around that era when like politics started to become like oh oh boy like oh shit yeah so but like now there's like more of this like engagement with like this like kind of like vitalism that seemed to be lacking in a lot of alt lit that that's a big distinguishing feature in my opinion. So, uh, that's what I like about her writing that it is like this, like, you know, cause like, where else will you engage with that? What are you going to go fucking kill people? What are you going to go outside? Like start beating people up. I'll beat people up. <laughs> it's beyond, but like, yeah. yeah, you know, like yeah. where, where else can, and, and if you're going to sit around and say like, you can't say that, like, shut up. Yeah. If you, say <laughs> you, if you can't up. say that, I'm just going to say it. But like, you yeah. know, it's also like, um, it's about catch- capturing a moment, that raw, molten moment. That's the most interesting art, stuff that's, like, rough around the edges. I think that's why... So, if you if you ask me, frankly, for the state of play, I think literature is behind and has, like, a lot... Like, in terms of... Compared to cinema, compared to, like... Yeah. Honestly, like, fashion, compared yeah. to, like, almost every other, like, art medium, literature has, like, seriously pretty severely fallen behind and it's on its way back it is. Like, to, to, the credit, to the credit of those selectuals like i don't think they really know what they're doing that's that i don't mean that pejoratively no in a good way all interesting in a good art, way all interesting art you can't really know all great art by women doing. is like kind of like intuitive and like subconscious i think like yes and uh, well that, that's that's kind of the thing i i really like everything that's happening there because it's so rare to me to read something and i was thinking about this i mean i was listening to when i was driving i was listening to perfume nationalist and i was just like i love to hear jack talk about art because it's like and i'm just like people get paid so much money to be like critics in like the new yorker and shit like that and they are so unstimulating boring occasionally i think they poop out like something that i find engaging like yeah sometimes it's fine but like for the vast majority of, like, the Atlantic, shit like that, like, yes, they're, like, uh, they're, like, off, more often than not, they're elaborate, but also kind of in a way that, like, is annoying and, like, a little too much, but, like, and I get that there's, like, a reason and a time and a place for that, but, like, that was one of the things I was, like, honing in on when I was listening to, uh, Perfume Nationals driving yesterday, I was just, like, every time I listen to an episode of that, like, 
it's like this like appreciation for like art in such a way that like seems to be lacking in like the professional art critic world and it's just like if i like jack deserves so much more money to like to be on salary and shit like to to like you know like i'll pay those guys forever to like do perfume nationalists like Uh that's like a you know subscribe to the patreon whatever like Mm -hmm. but it's just like it's insane to me that like uh you listen to that stuff and you read some of like that uh like the stuff you're talking about and it kind of pulls you in immediately and it's so rare like especially in like a media saturated environment where there's so much stuff like you're just constantly well, exposed to so much stuff and it's like if you find something that like grabs you like that that's important that's important and it's really yeah. it's and rare it's real, and hard it's to authentic. do it's real. and it's like yeah. and and that's what it is that's what the alternative is because the like we're real i've never had any institutional support it doesn't really make sense that i'm here yeah. in any way shape or form uh like and like um it's it's a uh, like we just like came from the bottom and built everything from scratch and like a lot of uh, publishing what makes it what's so disgraceful about it is that it's so f- it's fake everything from like bestsellers like literally just people paid to buy a book a manufactured discourse that comes out like long before anyone's had time to digest it also paid it's pay to play it's like the topic of the day, cat yeah. person. Let's uh, and the money. Well, cat person it, was it's an old story. <laughs> With, I, I, I like. I was into the, the Slate article about it. Maybe we can talk about that later. But I'm also Pe- people with bad taste have too much money, and obviously yeah. that's that's what it is. Yes, I um, yeah. I, I feel like my like when I first moved to New York in like the fall of 2017, that was like at the peak of my interest in poetry as a medium, and like when I was writing the most. Um, and I think I was disillusioned with the scene that I found here because it is, first of all, it was like very politically polemical at the mm. time. Yeah. Cuddle corners, safe spaces. It's yeah. Like, like it just like, there's a very like straightforward, like on the nose approach to politics that yeah, I didn't find very that, persuasive. Really. And moreover, there's a separate issue, which is almost totally unrelated, which I found equally ubiquitous which is people congratulating themselves for being sexually active. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to wanna... grip. Holy I, okay, shit. I don't want to throw too many bombs because I'm, like, conflict-averse. But I find that, like, so many people, like, so many poets think that it's, it's inherently... poets, too, yeah. Inherently deep that they ha- have indeed had coitus in their life. <laughs> like, And it's like, I mean, it's a topic. It's... Not See, unworthy to be written about. Yeah, However, like, like the ontology of sex is not in and of itself profound. Like, well, I see that's I'm like, conflicted about this because on on one hand I do believe that it is in itself profound, but I feel like but the, like the, but the merely presenting like. Like, pursued is not profound merely like, presenting your genitals to the audience and like describing like a sex act which has been accomplished it's is obscene not, it, it, it doesn't really like advance like any dialectic i feel like mm. there is like you know um this the kind of like genitals obsession of like the poetry scene is just like yeah. very self-congratulatory yeah. and it's like it's okay to congratulate yourself for being sexually active if you're in high school, maybe, but like, yeah, don't, I don't want to fucking hear about your 
profane fucking body. I want to hear about. <laughs> yeah, that. maybe this is just like my uh, puritanical Catholic streak stepping in. But I honestly have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, there's, uh, like, I mean, I don't know. I guess uh, you don't want to name names, with but. But I, I, the, I, well, the truth is, I, I don't really pay attention to stuff I don't like for the most part. With his firm Unless hands like, gripping my body, I, well, it's like, like, oh yeah, but that, that's the thing. Been, you, like, it's sex is a problem in literature. Well, no, it's I not. Think, it's not in itself, but like in in the context of like going to a poetry reading, because it's like you know, I like to go to readings, like stuff like that. But it's like you, so there's such like a proliferation, and you know, maybe that's just like the base level of like what you're exposed to it's like the zeitgeist type thing but i don't know like it's just like boring and most of the time uninteresting to me like well, i can't speak because you know like we're not being we're not naming names so yeah um, i mean i'm not even naming i don't even have names to name yeah i've seen I it around i can't of... i can't name because i forget their names i don't yeah. care you know who cares about like i mean i've written about sex I don't think no, I'm, yeah, there's not. That's what I mean. I'm conflicted about this because writing about sex is not a problem, obviously. But you have to like add something Guys, to the Manuel dialogue. Manuel has had sex. Oh, Just for the record, that's uh, Manuel has fucked. I don't know if this is gonna work. Then I'm sorry. Like, this is a, Manuel, we're gonna have to ask you to leave. We'll reconvene when it's time for the party. Traditional. And, uh, po- this is a traditional Catholic podcast, you know. Yeah, we're going oh. to church tomorrow. We're going to <laughs> church tomorrow. Well, I mean, yeah, I think I'm. Do I, I, I think I'm. I think I'm reforming. Really I think I'm reforming. I don't, I don't want my, We're going up. I don't want my normal Catholic parish to be associated yes. with my Orientalist Fair. dating in New York. Yes. Uh, yes. I've been very podcast. I've been sober and celibate since May, so you Good. know. Good. Uh, I nice. think, uh, That's I, the light. I, you know, the, the, the light of Christ is always leading me on. Yes. <laughs> so leading me forward, not on. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's yeah, a, that's, that's a Freudian slip. Yeah, weird. Born, yeah. But, uh, it's but. like there's two strands that I'm distinctly criticizing. It's like Drumpf bad on one side, and <laughs> with his strong hands over my body on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I, I think these things uh, tend to even out because there is a hunger for challenging literature. But who, yeah. is, who is hung? That's that's kind of the thing that I've increasingly come to settle on. Where I'm just like, if you're gonna like, if you're gonna write boring, dumb shit, I'm just not gonna engage with it. Because there's people that will engage with it, and there's people that won't, and there's people that are like on to the good stuff, and like they're aware of it, and it's like you cultivate that environment where it's like, oh no, like don't bring that shit near me, like you know, mm-hmm. and it's like. Like, I used to think, like, oh, no, then I'm missing out on, like, so much. But it's, like, you're not missing out on anything by, like, rejecting stuff that you think sucks. Like, it's just, like, because more often than not, the people writing that stuff are uninteresting and, like, probably just, like, filled with, like, fear. And, like, they're too kind of, like, stuck in their own, like, stuff to be able to you know, like, break out of that, like, mold of, like, replaceable, like, uh, indistinguishable stuff that, like, you go to a poetry reading and that's what you see. Like, the same exact thing again and again and again. And maybe, like, one or two people will be, you know, interesting, cool, but, you know. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. I think just to be, like, 
uh, an effective, like, competitive person. Like, there's a lot of, like, litmus tests that you can fail right away and, like, mm-hmm. and, like lose. I, th- I do think there's a real appetite for it. Like, you know, case in point, the fact that we're, like, around, you know, we haven't quite cracked open the formula of how to, uh, like, you know, completely reduce overhead, but, like, we're basically, like, you know, at least flirting with solvency, and, like, uh, we're selling a lot of books, we sell, like, several, so the people that are hungry for it are, like, all over the world, I don't know who they are, mm-hmm. some of them are coming tonight, some of them travel for it, you know, I mean, this is, like, Beatlemania, like, this is, like, uh, I, I've been telling people this is, like, the, the MAGA rally of readings, you know, <laughs> or, or the, the gathering of the juggalos, like, it's that kind of, like, energy of, like, I'm gonna travel for this to meet people that I've, like, also, it, it's kind of, like, um, an enshrining of, like, uh, these online relationships, like, Scott, you and I met online, yeah. uh, and we yeah. started hanging out over quarantine. Yeah, we <laughs> started like, literally right, when the one-on-one came back. Yeah. Oh, we yeah, have yeah. to leave that out, too. <laughs> <laughs> Can't let that be known. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't know what I was saying. But it's like, yeah, it's like... Uh, it's, it's the gathering of the There's a lot of enthusiasm. There's a lot of energy and enthusiasm, and that's just, that's good. Like, it's good that it's vital. And it's actually powerful because... The fact that you can't really make it as a writer these days, and a lot of people think that that's exciting. That's that means that yeah. that that'll like cultivate the best writers, the ones that do it for like the right reasons, you know. But I try to like, you know, I like I like to offer everyone equity. Like, you know, I'm trying to like think like a businessman, even though I'm expected to think more like a vocationist or a hobbyist, you know. Like, uh, and I, I think that's what makes us kind of a, a like a singular threat to people. I think what, like, part of it, too, is that there's, like, independent networks that are, like, sprouting up and kind of organically converging. Oh, yeah. I see this a lot, like, friends from, like, different spheres, like, kind of uh, uh, crashing into one another. And there are tensions that emerge from that because I am, I'm a big tent person. I really, uh, (laughs) I love a big tent. Agreed, agreed. I like uh, to maintain a pretty... As long as you're uh, against, fa- as long as you're anti-fascist, big, my <laughs> as, big as anti-fascist long as test. As yes. long as that. Yes, I, I pledge allegiance to anti-fascism. <laughs> uh, that notwithstanding, you know, I'll talk to anyone, and that's like a big part of the ethos of the beautiful toilet is like giving platforms to everyone, and just really trying to speak to everyone in good faith. And um, that's very good. That's and cool. I find that these networks are really uh, part of what makes us feel like an authentic like kind of uh, opportunity for renewal you can't mm-hmm. jump the gun on that too because a lot of people have deluded themselves into thinking they're part of like something bigger than it really is and i appreciate manuel's uh, pessimism about the matter because it, it, it's a reality <laughs> check you know but but nonetheless it's but we're here to we're here to grab moment. manuel by the face and say no we're moment. going forward yeah, yeah. upwards yeah, I mean, yeah, get in the car, loser. We're aesthetically <laughs> rejuvenating the West. Like, I'm down. But you know, you yes. said something really important. Yes. You, you have to be willing to to engage people. with everything. You know, like that's like a baseline. You really can't be interesting if you don't at least have that. I read this article the other week. It was a description of like. 19, early 1910s Vienna, and it says when oh. Hitler, Stalin, Trotsky, Freud, and then like there were a few others, they all lived in like the same like part of like downtown Vienna in the early 1910s. <laughs> they were drawn a, from apart, different parts of the globe by the vibe. Well, it was like the center of the Austro Hungarian Empire, and like 
these like ethnic minorities would like flock in for like opportunities and like intellectuals and they were all going to like the same cafes and stuff so like you know hitler could go to a cafe for lunch and then trotsky would be there later in the day i know that's not a very flattering comparison since like like 80 percent of the people that i I just named turned out to be like genocidal dictators (laughs) or whatever like Mm. it is i mean i I would i would get a coffee with hitler not as like a oh ooh like i mean Prior to all of his, you know, would you his buy activities. Hitler's coffee? I wouldn't buy him the coffee, but if I saw Hitler at a coffee shop, I would say, uh, "Let's have a little chat." Let's. Uh, well, this let's is like the thing when people are like, "What? How? How could you give a platform to an accused rapist? Do you really want to hear what the rapist has Was to Hitler say?" Hitler a rapist? No, yes, I'm just saying I do. that bastard. I'm like, yeah, of course I want to hear what the rapist has to say. Like. What, what does it mean to rape someone? Like, I'm actually really interested in unpacking that because yeah. it's evil. Like, H- yeah. Hitler's teleological purpose, like, it could be said to be, uh, like, to just be bound up in, in his history, the history of the world. I mean, well, like, I read something like that. I'm kind of paraphrasing. But yeah, like, I think, I think, I think reading Savitri Devi. Willingness to be engaged is, like, a huge part of IQ. And I think, like, to quote my friend James Newlick, a writer must be, like, impartial to evil in a way. Like, um, and, uh, I think that means like, well, it means what it means. I, I think for me, it's like yeah, more a matter that epistemology and metaphysics comes prior to ethics and that you don't really have like the foundation to establish ethical first principles until you've decided on what reality is in the first place. Yes. And so like the kind of like descriptive account of reality must occur prior to ethics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm pro reality. I'm I'm anti-reality as far as uh, as far I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm uh, in recent years I'm vehemently anti-reality, um, which you know that might be an extreme statement, but uh, I don't know. I think we can walk and chew gum on episode. I think epistemology that and ethics. We're. Uh... But you're right. Like you run into problems. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that like like you can accept like constraints on how you do epistemology once you've already established a firm enough foundation that you can like have like a solid like morally realist perspective based on first principles and then you can kind of like reverse like uh walk back like certain points but but i do think that terminally like the pursuit of truth must be uninhibited in order to even come to the correct moral like uh the moral premises that will lead to an ethical conclusion Sure, yeah. I would probably agree with that. Yeah. I mean, the, especially when it comes to, like, uh, there are so many barriers, like, artificial barriers imposed now on kind of just inquiry in general, whether it be philosophical or artistic, and the the kind of, like, uh, conventional wisdom that is, like, prevailing for the, you know, past 10 to 15 years is really it is such a like mind cage that is like such a depressing like way of like self-inhibiting and like self-policing in so many ways that it's just like yeah i believe it's literally driving people crazy like i believe that is like if not it, it, it is possibly the primary mental health uh like problem that that there's like this like internal schizophrenia in people's brains where they're like oh i'm not allowed to like you know even think 
X, Y, Z. Yeah, like, and we all like, have to, like, believe this, like, lie or yeah, something. Yeah, and it's just, like, if you want to think that way, you're... Go ahead and drive yourself crazy. I like, go ahead. Yeah, That's, like, you know, I don't care at this point. Like, whatever. But I think, like, my deeper belief is that, like, there is no epistemological, necess- like, necessity for moral a prioris. I am a moral realist. I think that moral facts exist. However, like, in order to have a stable concept of reality, like, you can have a stable concept of reality and be a moral nihilist. Like, it's not a first principles type of thing. And as soon as you've taken moral assumptions for granted, then you have nothing but your power to recurse to if your interlocutor is of a different opinion. Um, If you take a moral premise as a matter of assumption rather than as something that can be deduced from, like a stable epistemological and metaphysical system, then there really is nothing but power if someone were to posit the exact opposite. Yeah. Well, I mean, it Mm -hmm. it comes back to the idea of, like, putting forth a positive value, like adhering to some sort of actual value system that by necessity must exclude other values. Like, if you're going to posit a value system by definition, you are going to then deny other value systems. So there's, like, this, like, milk toast, uh, like, oh, I don't really want to think too hard because then I start, you know, excluding or, you know, to use a more extreme term, discriminating against other value systems. And it's just, like, you end up with this, like, nothingness gray worldview. I that think that like, is, like, the moralistic right, yeah. manifest... It's the moralistic manifestation of evil itself. Because, yes. like... To like the good consists in positing qualities and like existing, right? And for something to exist, it must be differentiated in some sense. Uh, yes, and, yeah. you know, something that's undifferentiated doesn't really exist. But then on the other side of that, I mean, I definitely believe that uh, a solid definition of evil is the uh, complete lack of uh it's it's overwhelming positive that uh displaces any other positive um like assertions so it's like you can have one end where it's absolutely no positive assertions but then when there's a completely dominant overwhelming positive assertion that then you know takes away any it's like systematizing kind of everything under one umbrella that basically i mean you could take that in, like, a transhumanist direction where it's, like, oh, no, everything comes to be part of, like, the AI or whatever, or the singularity, mm-hmm. but um, it's, like, this middle ground of, like, not necessarily ambiguity, but, um, I mean, freedom freedom to, like, you know, express yourself in your own way, but I don't know. I... It's are, very. It's are either very, of you guys uh, Charles Manson aficionados? I'm not too familiar. Not I, aficionado. I, no. I enjoy his uh, his meme videos. Hold on. They're, they're, wait, oh, he yeah. was he was a. You memer? can just like walk away a minute. Go in Alex's room. Charles Manson was pre-meme. No, no, but there's like these videos, uh, interviews of him from like prison where he'll be like. Uh, he'll just like wait, getting he up to some wacky antics. He died a couple years ago. Uh, okay. Um, but I remember, like, Barbara Walter did a video with him, and, like, his interviews are incredibly charismatic. Like, you know, do you know that uh, there's, I remember I saw something, it was like The Onion or Click Hole or something, and it was like, Charles Manson, love him or hate him, you have to admit, he's God. 
<laughs> and like I obviously disavow that. However, um, the thing is, like his charisma is undeniable. Um, he is an intriguing character, and he's just like a spectacle to watch. Yes. But anyway, the reason why I bring him up is uh, in response to your point about evil. He says in one interview, he he's asked. People want to know who is Charles Manson, and he proceeds to make a series of funny faces at the interviewer. It's like, <laughs> nobody. People I'm are, nobody. People are like chomping at the bit to come here. And um, sounds like it's gonna be a great time. So the point is, what is evil? Nothing. It's the absence of qualities. It's the absence of God. And God is like the pure force of being. Yeah. So what is the anti-God? What could be perfectly symmetrical to God? As God is perfectly good, what is perfectly it's evil? Meaningless funny faces. <laughs> no, nothing. <laughs> well, which is, I guess you could draw a parallel between that and nothingness. But even that is some, it's something, it's humor. like. And that doesn't mean that evil doesn't exist in our world. Well, I mean, it doesn't properly exist because it does not possess the qualities of existence. However, there are forces is, in our yeah. world which drive us towards, towards destruction non, and yeah. non-being, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. uh, the face of evil. And which so, is, but th- th- like, I don't want to like go too far in like the direction of like this like complete non-committal like zeitgeist thing that's going on now. But it is so low energy and like boring that like the, the like dominant. It's like, inherently privated. It's like the force of pure entropy. Yeah, it, 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 that's exactly what it is. And like you, if you really follow like the biblical kind of like apocalyptic trajectory, it plays out so closely that it's like almost undeniable. And as soon as you look into this, you're like, oh wow, like this is exactly what's happening right now. Like that's the antichrist. Not, that's not everything. the sense that I have at all. Oh, that's the sense uh, because that I have. the Antichrist, like he's like a Promethean figure. He like pushes us to like greater heights of humanity in an anti-God sense. Whereas like what's emerging in like artificial intelligence and like neoliberal McDonald's, whatever. But it's going that's, beyond like, the human. No, I mean, it it's less Promethean. than human. It's deprived. I believe it is like yeah. privated of like humane qualities. Whereas like the Antichrist is like but archetypally it's claiming, humane. It's claiming to be this, like, better-than-human thing, which, like... Like Self-evidently is not. (laughs) But to us, because we fucking rule, and we, like, understand that it's stupid, and it's, like, deeply messed up. I mean, I think of it as, like, very misanthropic. Like It is! That's 100%! Modern design, like, like, uh, neoliberal condos or whatever, they don't look like they're made for people to live in. They look like they're made to be incredibly clean objects in a void. And that's not like the Promethean ambition of the Antichrist. He's like the, like rebellion of man against God. Like that's. Yeah. But I mean, wouldn't be rejecting the human qualities and the, I mean, there's obviously a rejection of God in the, like this kind of neoliberal zeitgeist thing obviously you're much more deeply read in like the Bible than I am, but like I, I seem to see, I mean, I'm kind of coming through Dugan with a lot of this because I think he's really like onto something with like his kind of vector of 
Christian takes on like modernity and like the United States and everything. Um, Maybe because like the like you know this is all eschatological. This is the end of the world, and like what is the end of the world? It's like the force of entropy, like kind of realizing itself yeah. in full. So like if you accept the principle of entropy, it would make logical sense that the end of the world is like this uh, ever growing like privation and diffusion of value. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the language in scripture that's used to describe the Antichrist and Lucifer is much more Promethean in character. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to look into that because this is kind of like a vector that I've been on for the past uh, probably year, two years, something like that. Um, and I find it very interesting. I find it very interesting and very uh, like contemporarily important like it's very it's very when Buttigieg was big do you remember were we ever so young when (laughs) when Buttigieg was like a big like meme like like pseudo winner of the Iowa caucus whatever like um when that was the thing I remember uh thinking like hmm my instinct tells me he might be the antichrist and then i thought about it for a second more and i was like no he's not cool enough to be the antichrist like, yeah where he's too like milk toast to even like kind of register as right that. but that's like, the the force that i think is dominant in the okay. culture today is like okay. without qualities whereas you know, the ultimate rebellion of humanity will be probably more spectacular. But I mean, wouldn't the ultimate rebellion against God to be positing non-being then? Which would then be the... No, because you can't value evil in itself. Like, you can't value something that doesn't, that which doesn't exist. Evil is merely, like, a misordering of the hierarchy of goods. Mm. Uh, It's, like valuing a subordinate like lower good over a higher good mm-hmm. um so that's why all evil is like a form of idolatry is because like the highest good is god mm-hmm. so to uh usurp god's authority and to replace it with a subordinate good it's inherently unstable and it orients towards destruction but you never like value destruction and oblivion in and of itself because it's a contradiction in terms mm-hmm. i mean yeah, I mean that, that. I I would I would be I'm inclined to say that valuing the human above, but it, that's the thing. It's not even humanist. Mm-hmm. The, like this whole vector that is happening right now is not even humanist. Which is you know I'd right. be like if it was humanist. Like I think there is a intrinsic link between humanism and god like but but the point is that like the early like insurrectionary humanist like sin of uh like prometheanism inevitably degenerates into a highly privated state of being Mm -hmm. or like uh it orients towards non-being in some sense terminally even though it's glorious in its heyday Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. huh yeah, I mean, I definitely want to look into this more because this is like the this is like among the stuff that I've been on lately. So yeah, but um, yeah. So uh, we got a party in four. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I've been listening really <laughs> attentively to you guys, but uh, I've also been fielding like uh, questions. Some oh, guy asked for the address. Some guy asked for the address, and I like you know followed back in good faith. I saw that like 
Is he legit? Honor Levy falls did in you, I don't know. And then you... he just said, oh, cool. Mm-hmm. And then Maggie's across the street. She, like, wants to come up. I was like, no, oh, nice. I need oh, to right. seven. You want me to, like, buzz her in? Oh, n- uh, no, she's not, like, right outside. I could. Uh, okay. You want me to buzz her in? I mean, uh, you want me to tell her to come? I told her, like, give us till seven, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, we can welcome her in. She can put in a few words for the pod. Put a few words. Give a a, a teaser for the reading, maybe? Like I said, it's a a big tent here. A massive tent. Great, yeah, I'll tell her right now. The biggest tent. This is the only true public forum, the beautiful toilet. The only. (laughs) (laughs) Very fitting. (laughs) Perfectly fitting for the public forum. Well, she hasn't said anything. She said she was going to grab another beer, but she'll be here soon. Is she holiday? Yeah, we're still going to take the, the mats out. Is she, what? At holiday? A cocktail lunch? I think so, yeah, that would make sense. Oh, um, nice. She didn't tell me. She said she's, like, right out front. It's, that's right out front, right? Yeah. yeah, it's, like, right across the street, pretty much. Maybe a block away. we got to make some punch. And, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We've got a while. alchemy going here. Yeah, I think we have a decent amount of time. But, um... What, uh... I like the idea of capturing the pre-party vibe in oh, podcast yeah. form. That was yeah. I was very excited about that. So this is uh, very intense. There, you guys uh, <laughs> really, got really heavy. I had something to add. So this is a uh, July tenth, twenty twenty one. For the record, um, is for uh, for the annals of alt lit two which we don't say <laughs> history. Uh, <laughs> But I guess are people New still York City, baby. Uh, are people still talking about cat person? No, so so my my so this is what I wanted to say before. So Tony Tiamate, I don't know how to say his name. I think Tiamate. Yeah, yes, whatever. he wrote a phenomenal, which I think was I don't know if it was a direct kind of response to cat person. They just occupy the same space in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even remember what it's called. That guy blocked me, by the way. Really? Oh, of he's a great. Yeah. He's great. He's a great writer. Tony Tolatimude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well he yeah. blocked me because I criticized his uh, girlfriend's uh, <laughs> David Foster Wallace essay. It wasn't even like. What that did she hard. say about? Was she what criticizing? About? Was she no. criticizing oh, yeah. fans it, of it David like, Foster Wallace? It was like a, a major like uh, David Foster Wallace um, takedown. Take and, and it was Wait, like, it was a takedown of backlash against? Against just, it was just bad. It, it was like, it was, in my opinion, a pretty like facile approach to him. And like, so it was a, pro- it was an anti-DFW. It was an anti-DFW article oh, okay. that also like kind of uh, cast him as like a pervert. And see, that's like, just so played out. Like to be criticizing David Foster Wallace in 2021. No, no, no. This, so he blocked me in like it must have been like 2017. Oh, okay. it was a lot of that. Oh, okay, this is like so vintage Twitter drama. Then uh, yeah. yeah, no, I didn't say. I, all I did was like I, I didn't even think it was like you know like people couldn't. Well, I, I who blocks like, someone for criticizing so someone's writing? All right, yeah, all right. This, is, this podcast is a big ten. I don't know. Yeah, if big it's ten. No, we like Tony. We like Tony. I'm here to show his work. I, I have I, never I, heard I this person's you, name before. No, so, I have like no stake but, in whatever is so happening no, to Tony. N plus N plus one. He had a story. I think it was probably maybe 2019 or something like that. In the before the void that is COVID. Uh, he wrote a story that is like very much in the vein of Cat Person, but it's like the male uh, perspective, and it's like this like uh, kind of like investigation of an incel phenomenon in like the near future, um, where I don't want to like really explain it because I, I don't feel like I can do it justice, but it's definitely worth reading, and I wish I could remember the name, but 
It's on M plus one from like 2019, and it's really, really good. Very like systematically, it's very deliberate, like extremely deliberate. With the ending is, you know, it. I don't want to say too much about it, but it's worth reading. And I like Tony. I like his writing and everything. I've heard like there is like an alternative reading of of Cat. I don't have an opinion. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you don't. Literally just bluffing because I agree. So Tony, like you know, you know he's a good boyfriend. When Tony listens to this. <laughs> you know, yeah, maybe. We we all like you. I mean, I particularly am shilling your work right now, but I'm I'm shilling it to these guys and all the listeners out there, including not you, me, Tony. Not me. I think I'm just okay. gonna uh, I'm just gonna name this I, podcast I like, like the Anti Tony Hour. <laughs> I uh, I've never down. heard of this person before now, so I have no stake in this, and I am yeah. the I am the beautiful toilet myself. I am yeah. the living the no, embodiment that, that of the beautiful so. toilet. Um, <laughs> But like you know, like not that it's a beef, but but beefs and feuds are good for art. I think. Yeah, they yeah. well, that's that's what it comes back to positing values, and I've like gone on tirades about this in the past, like twenty minutes ago. But like, if you, in order to get into beefs, beefs are a natural product. You must say it. something falsifiable. You must, yes, you like, must yeah. say something. It's like get into fucking beefs. I encourage it. Like, I want. I'm gonna. Get into a fight tonight like, in order to, for the sake of art. I'm gonna tell someone after they're reading. All right. Even regardless of what I what I think of it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill someone. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is not a fed posting podcast. No, it's not. It's not. Let's in Minecraft, you're going to kill someone in, in Minecraft, Minecraft over in there. Literally. Yeah. In Minecraft. This but will come out. This cannon. will come out post party. It'll be. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll see the news articles on uh-huh. uh, in Minecraft. Hopefully, nobody tries to get shut down. That'd be funny. Someone just calls the cops on us. They're like, I was listening to the Beautiful Toilet podcast, and I was really concerned about what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I met on the party. Uh, we're, we're time traveling again. Oh no, I'm gonna shut down the party. But um, I'm gonna shut down the party. Okay. Sick. Wait, so cat person. <laughs> Um, so I, I know that there's fine. like an alternative reading of cat person that's like anti-feminist and it's like, oh, this woman is like abusing her like power over this poor guy and like, uh-huh. I, I don't know, I remember reading it and I can see why it's popular even though it's not really my cup of tea, but like, I thought that the Slate article was really interesting and actually worth talking about. What is the Slate article? So basically like cat person, like he was a real dude. And oh yes, I'm. A, I believe it's a true story. 100%. Well, I mean, no, it's not happen. really because like the person that wrote the article was like someone that dated him. She was 18 and he was 33, and like and these are both separate from the author. So they were all in the same town. Like okay. the Slate author didn't know Kirsten Rupinion, mm-hmm. but they were in the same town, and the most unimportant details of cat person were directly borrowed from their relationship. Yeah. So the very like precise movie theater outside of Milwaukee or whatever, like Midwestern, like uh, white bread enclave they were from like that, Mm -hmm. that was the exact same movie theater. And a lot of like the details of their first conversations were directly lifted from that. But the premise of the article is that this woman's, 33-year-old boyfriend when she was in college, other than these, like, extremely, like, broad strokes, was nothing like the guy in Cat Person. Like, mm-hmm. he's actually just, like, a really chill guy. He sounds like a baller. Like, I mean... He, he likes cats. He seems like... Sounds good to me. Kind of like a libtard, but, like, 
a, he's like a bro. I, I get mm-hmm. the impression that he's a total bro. And, uh, and she was kind of canceling cat person because, well, the idea oh, was, so she was anti cat person story. Yeah. Cause she was saying uh-huh. that he's like a really cool guy. And then uh-huh. like when the okay. story came out, total oblivious woman moment, she just like texts him. She was like, I, I, I Hey, there's a story about you. She, she was like, Hey, wow, crazy how this is so much like our relationship. Of course, alluding to like the very particular details that were directly pulled from their relationship. Uh-huh. And he's yeah. just like, Am I really that creepy? Am I this creepy loser? <laughs> four minute, four and, minute and then he warning. killed himself. So yeah, this, the end of the story is that he was so sad about being the cat person that he died. <laughs> Wait. And, and then he was so sad that he died? Like, I so I don't know he if He just died? I thought it was implied in the article that he killed himself, but, like, I guess it's not explicit, but nonetheless... Like, so she just ends it by saying, and then he died? Well, she drops it as a kind of, like, emotionally manipulative twist in the middle of the essay. It's just like, I found out that he died a few months ago in the fall of 2020. Like, Yeah, that is, to leave it so ambiguous is very manipulative. I mean, uh, it's very clearly a literary device. I think that's like probably like the most misguided thing about the essay, the rest uh-huh. of which is like very solid. And yeah, she's on our side, even though there's like that oblivious moment when she unwittingly compares her boyfriend to a creepy loser. <laughs> like, <laughs> My two cents, I, I don't care about cat person. Have you read it? Yeah, yeah, I read it. I read it. I read it when it came out. And I, I don't care me. about Cat Person the story, but I care about Cat Person the person. That's why. <laughs> well, he's oh, dead now. Yeah. Now he's dead. Right. That's why I like the Slate article. Is like it's like this. I find it's it like following. a very like loving like uh, kind of obituary to this guy that yeah you know, and he was viscerally like really upset about like being the basis of this viral but, short story about I mean, a creepy guy. But like, they were still dating after that. So, like, it didn't end with them breaking up the way, or the way it does in... No, so it's, like, the very, together. like, first, like, meeting stages were based on that, and then they entered into a long-term relationship. So it was a successful a story in real yeah, life. Yeah, she was, like... I mean, Cat they didn't, they didn't get to... married or whatever, so they didn't, like... Uh, and, you know, of course, uh, there's, like, the sin of... Uh, fornication but that notwithstanding yeah. <laughs> like yeah she has like nothing but nice things to say about him she said he's very sensitive but like he's a really good guy and what, she was sad that he what, was what a better encapsulation of the absurdity of 20 you know whenever that came out 2017. 2017 it is a total like time capsule to 2017 a total time like, capsule but like to, to find out that actually in reality the way these things actually work is that they actually were in like a long term relationship is like so hilariously like no it was like it ends when she uh she like did a semester in Detroit or something he was like oh yeah you need to like find your wings like you know go yeah. find yourself and then when she did she was she really had no use for him anymore and yeah. she said you know he was upset about it but like mm-hmm. he was just you know he was supportive of her all the way and so like the whole like everything it's basically like this woman like took the precise details of how they first met and then constructed a story in which it was really really bad I mean that's some writer shit. Like, and then oh the 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 other part that stuck with me though is that 
um, when the author reaches out to Kirsten Rupinion about it and says, you use my ex-boyfriend and my life as like the basis of your viral short story in the New Yorker, she just says, she like has like this like very like neoliberal like apology that literally yeah. sounds like a hashtag. I'm sorry you were hurt. No, it sounds like a hashtag me too apology is the yeah. irony of it. It's like in some I'm sense like she has been like semiotically hashtag me too. <laughs> so Oh man. Anyway. Yeah. Alright. Let's yeah, uh let's pour one out for uh <laughs> pour out for the cat person. Pour one out for the pour cat, out for person. cat person. The actual this cat is great. person. This is literally, literally pouring beer on your floor in the- <laughs> that's for cat person right there. That's for the I, cat person. So I shouldn't go out. Wow, it's getting rowdy. We take I shouldn't seriously. be flipping about it. I'm gonna wipe it up. Don't worry. It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not worried. That's I I, at I least I'm not like threatening to commit hate crimes like Scott. I'm not committing any hate crimes, I'm committing crimes. There's a big difference. Yeah, you know, you're committing crimes of passion. Which you're passion. passion. I'm so incensed by their... What was I going to kill them about? Oh, shit. Is uh, that Maggie? You just, I don't know. Like, could be anyone. Is that an early yeah, party mystery. It could be, but uh, I told them to go to the roof. So Well, they have to buzz in through the door. Let me ask her. They can't just get to the roof. How? Oh, really? What do you mean? Well, they have to come in through the front door. Yeah, but you just buzz them up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, have them go to the roof then. <laughs> just hang out. <laughs> hang out in this empty fucking roof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe we should start. Let me, let me ask her. Maybe we should start making that a uh, nice uh, fresh fruit jungle juice. This is probably the fanciest uh, punch that's ever been made. We have fresh tangerine juice, fresh watermelon juice, all squeezed at West. No, it's not Maz. It's not Maz. Oh, it's an anonymous person who Nick has to introduce themselves to. Uh, well, my name's Unity, but I'm going by Sybil tonight. Oh, Sybil. Oh, hey, okay, cool. We're actively recording a podcast, and we're <laughs> still recording. Yeah, we're still recording. Now. But this is yeah. We're just wrapping up now. I'm Scott, by the way. Hey, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I'm Nick. Uh, so this is like Big Ten Podcast. We just like talk to people, but uh, you can lean into the microphone. If there's one thing you have to say to the world in, from the beautiful toilet platform. <laughs> Fuck all, man.